This is Waves, a podcast from APTA Michigan. I'm Andy Wicks. In January of 2022, when the U.S. was still in the height of the Omicron surge, Catherine Klein spoke with Dr. Edward Mathis, the current president of APTA Michigan, to hear his State of the State report on what the chapter accomplished last year, what we're working on in 2022, why he doesn't like prime rib, and why he needs Windex to stay socially appropriate. Thank you for joining us, Ed. Yes, thank you for having me, Catherine. Uh, it's uh, so exciting to be back on Waves. Uh, I think I was on one of the first episodes, and uh, I am a, a loyal Waves listener, as all of you should be. We appreciate your listenership. And yes, I think you were, was it our first episode? If It was definitely the, within the first couple. It was one of the first couple, yes. So I'd like to jump right in and just get to what did you feel like were some of the highlights from the association in 2021? So, I mean, 2021 remains another difficult year. And, you know, it, this time of year, it, it has me causing to kind of reflect and and think about, you know, the continued pandemic that we've been going under. And and really, I can't help but start to just thank all of our frontline colleagues, all those affected by COVID-19, which in my estimation is everybody, and just knows that we appreciate your efforts during this difficult time. And hopefully we will eventually turn the corner with this. But I, I think, you know, we certainly still felt the drag of COVID-19 in, in 2021. But in, in spite of that, I think we did have some, some positive things that, that did happen last year. You know, our highlight of the year is certainly our, our fall conference, which is basically our, our main CEU event for the year. And I felt that we had a really good offering there. We had some wide variety of topics. It's always hard when you're as a chapter trying to appeal to the general membership and there's certainly any different direction that we could go. I thought we had some wide variety of offerings. I thought it was great that we were able to offer our first course in implicit bias training as the June 1st deadline for that requirement starting is coming up and anything that we're that you can be doing right now working towards relicensure is going to help with with kind of meeting that requirement and so I think it was really good that we were able to offer that and finally actually be able to get together as a chapter and, and be able to kind of meet you know we had a nice awards banquet it was it was nice to have just nice to have everybody back together and being able to uh, to kind of safely meet as best we can. I mean, certainly we're we're all doing the best we can with with trying to you know stay safe and prevent further spread from COVID and distance as much as we can. But in the same respect, we are still all human beings, and we need contact with our fellow human beings in order to maintain our our overall health. Yeah, as an attendee from the fall conference, I had a wonderful time. I couldn't tell you how meaningful it was just to see some classmates I hadn't seen in a long time, some professors I hadn't seen in a long time, and get a chance to kind of engage with what people are doing with research. I loved the 
the long COVID presentation, that was one of the highlights for me as well. So I think that was a wonderful event and hopefully next year continues to be that way. So. You know, as we kind of look ahead to 2022, I mean, we're certainly looking forward to the student conclave coming up on April 1st, followed by the our spring conference, which we're, we're still currently accepting submissions for and, you know, don't really have a whole lot of news for that yet. That's going to stay tuned on aptmi.org. And then the fall conference that is coming to the Northern region. But, you know, I think the other thing is, with conferences, a lot of people are focused on what the content is and, you know, what the, the, the professional development that we're providing there. But it is also the, those connections that I think that people need to remember and encourage them to sign up to go to future conferences. Because, you know, I know me personally, I get just as much out of that networking with my professional colleagues as I do the actual content provided by speakers. Yep, I 100% agree with that. Were there any legislative highlights from 2021 you'd like to point out? So legislatively, you know, and, and this is like a good time to remind people of the wheels legislatively tend to turn slow. And some of that was, was really by design. So we haven't had a whole lot of legislative success. We have a number of bills currently out there, including the Interstate Licensure Compact, the Mandatory Reporting of Child Abuse, and work on prior authorization. There's also certainly some work going on, continued on, on reforming what was undone with, with auto no fault. But things tend to move slow. And as much as we can get frustrated by the fact that we did not have any legislative success, so to speak, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing that it's hard for a bill to become a law when you look at it in the big picture. But like I said, we're still moving forward. We're moving into year two of the legislative cycle in Lansing. So any bills that were introduced, they're still going to go ongoing until until the end of 2022. And, you know, we, we hope to see potentially some progress with, certainly with the mandatory reporting of child abuse. I think that's, that's pretty much a slam dunk. It's, it's just kind of waiting for things to get going in the Senate there. And it would be, it would be nice to see some progress with an interstate licensure compact, although there are some unique barriers in Michigan that we're continuing to encounter. Could you go into a little bit more detail on those two things for listeners that might not be like fully caught up on those topics? So one of the bills that we're currently looking is adding physical therapists to the list of professionals in Michigan that are mandatory reporters of child abuse. And we, we think it's a good thing. I think if you are in a situation where you're encountering a suspicion of that. We just feel pretty strongly that we should certainly be reporting on that. And so, you know, we're, we're looking at getting ourselves listed on the list of other providers within Michigan that fall under those guidelines. For me as a professional, that makes a ton of sense because so I work in pediatric public health and issues with potty training are actually one of the number one causes of child abuse. And so I 
fortunately have not run into that problem or issue, but I would feel a lot better if that went through. And, and certainly the fact that as providers, we traditionally have more time with our patients than than really any other professionals. I mean, you know, when you go to your doctor, you're in, you're out, and, you know, we have the opportunity to develop some of these relationships. And with that opportunity also becomes the responsibility of of looking for those yellow flags, looking for those red flags that could be detrimental to our clients. Are there any updates on the PT compact at the state of Michigan? Well, if you've been uh, following us at all, you'll know that the, the PT compact right now in Michigan, it it passed in the House last year. So we are one of those states that if you if you take a look at our, our show notes, you'll see that we're in the category of PT compact legislature introduced. But we do have a couple barriers in Michigan. Some of the requirements that Michigan has for licensure are going to be a little bit of a barrier for passage of the compact. So we're we're kind of working through those things. But to be in the compact itself, one of the requirements for a privileged holder of the compact is that one, they have passed the, the national PT exam and that all of the bills in every state, you know, when you if you if you kind of look at the the PT compact map and there's 30 plus states right now that 34 that have enacted compact legislation the legislation is identical and that's what kind of makes the compact work well really the whole point of the compact is to give access to PT services to the public increasing the the number of mobile eligible PT providers that can work across states that if you're in Michigan, that you don't necessarily have to meet all of the specific requirements that, say, Wisconsin or Indiana or Ohio has. That if you're, you're good in Michigan, it can those compact privileges kind of carry over. Well, some of the things that we have in Michigan, including the, the specific requirement for training related to human trafficking, and as well as the new requirement of coming for implicit bias, are a little bit in conflict with, with that. So, you know, currently our legislative committee is working on seeing what can we do with the, the people that work with the PT Compact, and also with our regulation agency, LARA, to see, like, you know, is there a way to overcome that? So we would love to be able to add Michigan to the, those states, but these are some of the things that that we're currently kind of working through in Michigan. And then just recently we found out that Michigan added to the administrative rules that, that PTs from Canada, if they have passed their equivalent licensure exam in Canada, that they can come and apply for licensure in Michigan. And in those cases, many of those people haven't passed the MPTE, which is a requirement for privileged shoulders of the complex. So these are, you know, some of the things that we're kind of working through. There's going to be some continued meetings with with our lobbyists, with our legislative committee, with people on the National Compact to see how do we overcome this? How can we kind of work through that? So I know there's many people that are like, hey, you know, I'd really like 
Michigan added to those states. And I'm one of those. I'd love to see Michigan also adopt the compact. But these are some of the legislative issues and regulatory issues that we're currently dealing with. So as I as I previously said, the whole process of legislation regulation is designed to be difficult to change so that things don't get changed capriciously. And so that's kind of what we're dealing with right now is that if you're looking for the update on the compact, be patient. There's work happening, but like you might see on people's uh, relationships on Facebook, I would say it's complicated. (laughs) It's complicated is correct. So with working with Canada, is there the potential for some kind of reciprocity there where someone licensed in Michigan could be licensed in Ontario or something? That I'm not currently aware of, but... You know, it's certainly potential conversation. There are people that if you're in the Detroit region, they're just like you're going across state lines. We do currently have a a member of our board of directors that lives across the border in Windsor, Ontario. But uh, as of right now, I am not aware of that. But, you know, maybe maybe that's something that gets explored. So somewhat related to that is something I just had a question on and forgive me if I'm showing my ignorance here, but with COVID, I know a lot of access to telehealth was increased. Are there any updates on if that'll get walked back in the future or if we're going to be able to maintain that as far as insurance approval? You know, there, there is still some work that's happening there. There's still some temporary things that are in place. I know APTA actually held a webinar, or not a webinar, a uh, a little presentation for the chapter legislative leadership regard to telehealth. But unfortunately, I was not able to attend that meeting, so I'm I'm probably not super up to date on on what's going on nationally with telehealth. But I know that there's continued to work that is on there, and this is like a good chance for everybody to hop on to APTA.org and, and go on to the Legislative Action Center and, and get yourself updated with that, which I guess would also include myself. Okay, that wasn't, that wasn't a great <laughs> that's a answer. Good, that, no, that's okay, but that's a, good pl- that's a good plug for the website. And sorry, that was just an off-the-cuff yeah. thing. I need to be doing a better job at educating myself too. Yeah, but I mean, that's <sighs> a nice thing with, you know, whether you're using the the PT Action app. If you're if you're more of the web based, I still like to I still like to go on my laptop and, and look those type of things up there. But the work is continued. It's uh, it's it's not all clear when it comes to telehealth yet, and we're still working on getting that some of those provisions to put permanently in place. And hopefully, I was factually accurate with that. So heading into 2022, we already kind of touched on the conferences coming up, but are there any other things you're looking forward to in particular? I have the opportunity to do uh, a couple speaking engagements with students in Michigan. So I'm traveling to Kalamazoo to speak to uh, the students at Western Michigan the week after CSM. And the following day, I get to go talk to the the, the full cohort at Andrews University. And I'm going to be talking to them about the value of connections and membership and do a little bit of talk and advocacy and hopefully just be able to, you know, answer some questions and and make it make leadership seem to be like you can approach leadership. 
I was listening to one of Jimmy McKay's podcasts, PT Pinecast there. And I, I heard someone say once that, you know, he's got a question on there. Who should people know? And and I don't remember who the speaker was, but they said, you should get to know your state leaders. And and I would I would certainly concur with that. So I, I'm looking forward to a chance to to meet some students and hopefully cultivate some relationships down the road. You never really know where where some of these these events can kind of lead to, and a, a seemingly innocuous conversation with someone could could be something that kind of charges somebody up about membership. And I've gotten to know a couple people, a couple students on our DEI committee that way. It might seem like the the president of APTA Michigan is kind of intimidating. Ooh, should I be able to go over and talk to him? And and by all means, yes. I, I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. So certainly looking forward to those soon-to-be-coming events, and uh, which, I don't know, may, may or may not come out after this episode. We will, we will see, I guess. Yes. So for for those who might be curious, I guess, going along in that vein about what the president of APTA Michigan does, could you give kind of a rundown of what your duties, responsibilities, day-to-day life would be if there are listeners out there thinking, maybe I want to be a president of APTA Michigan someday. What does the president of APTA Michigan do? Well, I can tell you that it's not quite as impressive as as you may have it in, in your head. I mean, I work in Iron Mountain, Michigan at a 49-bed acute care hospital. And, you know, we're, we are staying quite busy with our caseload. Census has been kind of crazy. Not a ton of COVID right now. At this point in January, we're probably here still pre-peak for Omicron. But that's definitely taking up a lot of my time. You know, I enjoy having students. I have a, a student right now, and that's always nice to be able to kind of guide some new minds along the way. And you know, that's then that's kind of my day job. And then, uh, you know, as my wife calls it, my unpaid part-time job is the, <laughs> in, in the many roles that I have within the chapter. And, you know, we I think we did some good work in this past year, especially with the introduction of the... The, the new student award for second year P- DPT or PTA students and we're continuing to kind of plug along there been working with our health and wellness task force and you know we just recently did a, a 30-day self-care challenge in December and we have a little meditation work group that we're, we're getting people thinking about stillness and mindfulness and those type of things so I'm definitely you know a proponent of looking at your own self-care and uh, myself included. <laughs> and, you know, uh, we, there's, there's a fair amount of emails and different things that you have to kind of, kind of keep track of there and a lot of communication. I mean, I, you know, just like anything in, in our profession, communication is kind of at the core of what we do. And, and, and that's a lot of what my role as president is to communicate with the, with the board of directors, with, with our executive director Julie Rice, and with the various committees that I that I interact with. So, if somebody asks me how much time do you spend, like I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> Maybe you leave that part out of the podcast. But <laughs> it can all be edited out later. <laughs> but you know, it, it, you, you, you just like any, just like any position, you know, it's. 
it's what you put into it. And, and it's important for people to know that this is a volunteer position. I don't get paid for, for doing the work I do. I mean, I do this in, in really an effort of service, true service that I don't expect any sort of reward or anything like that. Really just trying to kind of stay true to our core values and really being committed to to be truly altruistic, to demonstrate caring and compassion and excellence and and all of those things that are the core of what I think makes up physical therapy, not necessarily the things that we do, the procedures that we do, but really who we are at our core and what our foundation is. I was probably a bit rambling, but. No, I loved it. I got chills. That's good. And I just want to thank you for the service that you do because that, that work is so necessary to keep us moving forward as a profession. So I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. And, and thankfully, for, for the good of our chapter, it's not me alone. We have many other people serving in many different roles. You know, we have a wonderful payment committee that is continuing to work with Blue Cross Blue Shield and Priority Health. We have our payment specialist, that is Barb Herzog, that's available for answering member questions. I'm really excited about our legislative committee. We have a new legislative director, Abby Scalarud, and she's bringing some new enthusiasm to the committee, so I, I see good stuff coming on there. I found a home within the communications committee, and uh, as I said, I think the communications committee is doing great work. Lots of stuff on social media with lines and certainly waves. And I, of course, I can't forget our conference committee that's putting all our stuff together as well, our House of Delegates. So, you know, we we have kind of a team that is all kind of volunteering to, you know, make this make this chapter better. I think about there's there's a there's a Greek word for this. We call it uh, synergia. So, you know, if I asked you a simple math question, if I said one, which is you, plus one, which would be the chapter, what would the answer be? And, you know, if you if you had like normal math, you'd say, oh, one plus one equals two. But when you have synergia with the chapter, the answer is like, I don't know, like three trillion. Because there's so much power in all the people that are working together towards, you know, what we're doing in Michigan as professionals. There we go. You even got some Greek there. I know. I wasn't anticipating that. Well, thank you, Ed, for sitting down with us. And congratulations on completing your first year as APTA Michigan president. Do you have any closing thoughts or maybe some dad jokes for us? Closing thoughts and dad jokes there. Let's see here. Now, as far as dad jokes, you know, so this this is kind of one of my favorite ones, and it's kind of geeky. Um... I'm kind of a math guy myself, so I'll leave you with this joke here. Catherine, do you like prime rib? Sure. Okay. You know, here's the thing. I find that prime rib is annoying. I always have trouble cutting it into manageable pieces since it's only divisible by itself and one. (laughs) Because if we don't have humor, boy... The stress can kind of build a little bit there.
All right. Well, thank you for joining us this evening, Ed. It was wonderful to hear the state of the state. And I look forward to hopefully touching base with you again throughout the year. Yes, I uh, I look forward to uh, listening to this and many future podcasts on Waves and hopefully get to see many of our members in person at a future conference or district event. Sounds like a plan. Dr. Edward Mathis is the president of APTA Michigan, the treasurer of APTA Acute Care, the Elements Ambassador for the Academy of Prevention and Health Promotion Therapies, and an acute care physical therapist in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. He is a lover of bow ties, orthodoxy, and dad jokes. Waves was hosted by Katherine Klein and produced by me, Andy Wicks. You can find us on social media at APTAMIWaves or at www.aptami.org slash podcasts. You can find and subscribe to our feed wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Waves Physical Therapy. Thank you for listening, and may all your documentation always be done on time. You know, sometimes I get the urge to run around naked. It helps if I drink some Windex, though. It keeps me from streaking.